I guess, uh, welcome everybody to the NPC's Weekly News Roundup for the week of September 30th, 2023. It's going to be a little bit more of a slightly informal session here. My name is Travis Sherman, and of course, as always, I'm joined by none other directly in front of me for the first time in several months, Kyle Inman. Kyle, howdy. What's up? Well, first and foremost, of course, happy birthday well, to you. Happy you. late birthday, of yeah, course. It was yesterday. Day, yeah. Yeah. How did it go yesterday? It, it was awesome. It was awesome. Is your arm still hurting from shooting? Oh, yes. Very much so. Very much so. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's obviously still attached, so it didn't fall off from you. But it's... No, but the one that I, I knew was going to hurt me, I... I, I think I shot it a whole lot less than I than I intended or originally thought I was going to, but right. that's okay. That's that's just fine. That saves my wallet a little bit too. It does, yeah. Yeah, it does. Um so what did you end up with swag wise for your birthday? What'd you end up with gift wise and all that? Um, not not like a, a a ton, just like, you know, a gift card and a, a brand new Lego. Got that um, new tranquil garden Lego to put together, so that'll be awesome. And got some new bow ties to rock, so some bow ties. <laughs> <Heck> yeah. <laughs> there there are some things I still don't understand with with your style, but you know, it's the it's the <laughs> it's the pens, it's the the bow ties, it's some of the dressing up stuff, it's um I guess it's also all the guns as well, though, too. And then at the same time, I guess in one way or another, you are a weeb as well. Yeah. And so it's it, it all just, it's really bizarre to me. And I don't know exactly how to put it together, but maybe because I'm not, you know, I've got the family now and such. So it's tough to picture myself even like that, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> so it's just it's nothing bad. I mean it's your style. It's just it's it's just funny as all I think me. part of it is I, I have a girlfriend now, but I spent so long kinda in that single period that it, it right. just kinda I, I don't know. I, I, I got to do all these different things that I didn't want to do and buy all this crap that I didn't <laughs> need. You you fill your you fill your life with uh, with possessions when there's no one else around, and sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes that's a bad thing. But yes also, I mean, no. you, but I mean, it's not like you went off of a ledge or anything. You know? Right? It's like you're. It's like you know when we do our normal recording and watching the video through Discord and that. You know, your room isn't like stacked wall to wall with boxes of things that you've ordered. You know, like you didn't order <laughs> a six pack of something from Amazon. Um, you know, and it's all stacked up in the corners of your room everywhere and you can't navigate through. You're nothing like that. <laughs> that you know of. <laughs> <laughs> but I get it. I fully get it. So, but overall though, good birthday. The girlfriend oh, went out yeah. with you guys too. Oh yeah. That? Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, good. I'm glad. I, I've been looking at a gift for you. I was even telling the wife about this too. It's like, I need to get something for him, but I haven't decided on what. It'll be late, obviously, of course, because your ah. birthday was yesterday, at least as of the <laughs> recording here. But no, I've, I've got it saved somewhere, and I've just got to make sure before I actually order it. So just <laughs> stay tuned. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Yeah, man. So, of course, I mean, we're being a little bit more informal here, but we'll at least start off with one news story here. And that first one in our list, um, of course, because it's not in the intro part anyway here, um, is Valve doesn't expect to launch another Steam Deck for a few years. Uh, so, of course, the Steam Deck right now, I mean, Kyle, you own one. Mm -hmm. It's still a very capable device. I mean, we've got more competition coming out in the market right now. We've got the the ROG Ally. We've got uh, the Logitech, uh, or not Logitech, but the uh, Lenovo Legion G, I think is what they call it. Um <clears throat> we've got uh, all the stuff from like Ioneo, GPD, um, and more and more every week we're seeing people coming out of the woodwork or companies coming out of the woodwork to release new devices. I mean, yeah. I think even like Ioneo's got a new one coming out that they call like the sidekick of this decade just because of the way the screen comes up. And for the younger yeah. audience who doesn't know what a sidekick is, go look up the sidekick phone from like the early to mid 2000s it was one of those phones where just like smartphones nowadays 
required a data plan for a very different reason. And, you know, just go look those ones up. <coughs> Excuse me for all the coughing. It's been really dry here in the house lately. But um, Valve doesn't want to go and start pushing on anything to create any new Steam Deck yet. They don't want to be one of these release a new piece of hardware every year like like Apple would with the iPhone or Samsung with the mm-hmm. Galaxy phones. They want to be able to work on what they can adjust and change in the Steam Deck itself right now without having to put out new hardware. And even the uh, uh, coder from Valve, uh, Pierre-Lou Griffice, who we've talked about previously, um, he said, uh, talking to CNBC, he said, right now we're kind of looking at this performance target that we have as a stable target for a couple years. We think it, uh, that it's a pretty sweet spot in terms of being able to play all of the experiences from this new generation, and so far the new releases are coming out with great experiences on Steam Deck. Obviously, we're working with developers on future releases, and we're monitoring the feedback there, but so far, I think it has been pretty good on the horsepower front. So, I really think it has, right? I mean, you're not running into major difficulties that are making you reconsider your purchase, right? Oh, no, not at all. And in fact, there there are quite a few times where um, I've gone back through, because a lot of times I just navigate my library through the ones that I've most recently played. Yeah. Because it, it's like I buy a game and then I play it on my Steam Deck and I play it on my PC and then I'm either done with it or I beat it. Um, but, I mean, going back through like the library and like some of the games that are like great on deck or even just going through the store to see what's available that, that it, you know, plays great on deck in comparison to when I got it, like what it, it's, it's been, I think a year now. Um, yeah. Cause it was just after my birthday, I mm-hmm. want to say. So yeah, it's been a year that I've had it and the large library has already increased tenfold. And I, I do see a lot of new games that, you know, are fully capable of being played on the steam deck or even games that, um, they they launch and they say they have no compatibility or no known compatibility, and you get on and they play just fine. A lot of them, if they have controller compatibility, as long as you know your minimum specs are in line with the Steam Deck, they run just fine. Yeah, I. There are people out there, unfortunately, who kind of live in this elitist mindset where they think the the machine that they're buying there needs to be able to play all of these things at like these max specs right um of course that's not the case for something like the steam deck you're going to need a more full-fledged desktop pc or even a more high-powered laptop excluding of course your experiences you're having at the moment with your gaming right. laptop but there are a lot of people out there who really want to push for the cutting edge thing. And the Steam Deck kind of started off something, but at the same time, it's also not the top of the line one either. But it's also very good at what it does. It's it's running software built directly by Valve to be able to handle uh, all of the functions of Steam and mm-hmm. also be able to make those games work on a Linux distribution versus something like the ROG Ally, which is a Windows based machine or right. the uh the Lenovo Legion G <coughs> or Legion Go I, I just I don't can't remember the exact name of it but those machines themselves are all based those at least ones are based on Windows and right. so those of course are also built underneath similar to the Steam Deck but those will support more things kind of right out of the box do they but, though well that that's the <coughs> thing it is i mean yeah they might support more software wise but game-wise, you start running into hitches all of a sudden, especially even when you go into down the route of, you know, Epic Game Store or Good Old Games. I think Good Old Games is a little bit better about it personally than maybe Epic Game Store, but I could be wrong. Um, that's just my previous experience. But it it seems like some of these games that you're gonna have access to. Um, they aren't necessarily the largest library, the best compatibility, and that's one of the things you're getting when you pay for the Steam Deck. Is you're getting compatibility, you're getting a large library. You're, you know, you you may not be getting the the highest spec thing on the market, 
but it's probably going to be playing any game that you're trying to play better than the ROG Ally, better than, you know, the Lenovo Legion uh, handheld or whatever. So I, it's one thing to consider, but on the other hand, like you said, you do have a full Windows PC handheld, which that that's a powerhouse in and of itself. Yeah, like right now, like with the ROG Ally and Lenovo's offering, the key things is that you can access those other storefronts to play games through, mm-hmm. whereas with the Steam Deck, you are limited to Steam, so you have to play the games that are available through Steam, at least like to an extent. Those things that require the back ends for things like... Um, EA titles. Like, I'm curious to know, well, like, with they're Titanfall making it 2. easier, actually. Like, yeah, I, I, I was curious, because I know you played Titanfall 2 on your Steam Deck, right? Mm-hmm. Did that require any sort of back-end sign-in to EA, though, to be able to make that work, like what we have to do on PC? Yes, it did, unfortunately. Um, but after a while, the um, so when initially mm-hmm. when I had it installed, it would actually pop me out of the game and bring up this, like, it, it it honestly looked like an old uh, Visual Basic style um, Windows pop up screen menu. Huh. Okay. Um, yeah. It it was like that old school type pop up like box that you know you had to check to to go into EA and stuff, and it, it made you sign in and it did it individually. It didn't save any of your data, but now. Once you start a EA game and you get signed in, as long as you've got that internet connection, it does all that back end stuff like basically boom, boom, boom. You might see it occur sometimes, but it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have to log in every time. It saves it for you. Okay. Now and oh, okay. Yeah, you can just go. Well, that's the good then, at least that they've held on to, or at least they've got that sorted out now because I could imagine with all of the other EA titles or anything Ubisoft that's sold on. Uh, Steam right now or anything else like that that requires a potential separate sign-in for their back-end service, I can imagine that being a headache if you have to, per game, sign in. Yeah, but if and you well, don't, hey, with cool. one ca- caveat, uh, of course, you do have to um, have that internet connection to play those particular games regardless. Right. So even if you're on the go and you want to play Titanfall 2, you have to be able to, be able to access the internet to gain... Um, a connection and verify with EA servers, but it pops right away. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. But I guess coming back around to the time period that we could actually see another Steam Deck, I do think it is premature to ask like when the Steam Deck 2 is going to come out or when, or like what are their thoughts on, you know, a Steam Deck 2? Granted, it is good information at least, you know, because it's like, okay, are you guys even thinking about it? It's like, Mm -hmm. obviously they are. You know, they've made comments about that. But there's enough that can change at the software, firmware levels that could unlock more power as time goes on. I mean, we've seen that with even like on PC with like driver updates to graphics cards that Mm -hmm. just out of nowhere, it's like it, it changes the dynamic for everything. And you could have had this graphics card that was just absolute garbage. And this one driver update that had like no mention of these weird underlying fixes or changes or anything just somehow has made everything phenomenal, like top performance, everything. Right. That I don't know. I mean, I imagine that the Steam Deck will probably end up being the exact same way, if not have maybe even other potential possibilities of improvements to the base unit with all of the different hardware you can swap out now on the inside. You know, it's not really a closed-off environment in that case. I mean, that that would be my thought on it. I don't know what you think, though. Yeah, I I, I don't know. Um, I feel like the Steam Deck isn't as closed off of a, an environment as it used to be, mm-hmm. um, in all honesty. Um, even some of the, like, the, like the, the games that didn't work previously on it um, work way better. Some of the applications and everything, so... That that that's tough to say, and um, yeah, it, they're they're continuously. I'm I'm getting new software updates more and more frequently, or even hardware updates more and more frequently. It seems like that I do have to reset, and you know, the it opens up more stuff. I've noticed games have changed the way they they function, and not necessarily for the worst. Um, right. Yeah, and 
I don't know. I don't know. It it just seems like that it's a constantly improving project already, and where they're at now, it would be completely foolish to try and even quantify an announcement of, of a next gen version or an updated version with with when what they have is so successful. Um, and you know, honestly, they they could ride this out almost until twenty thirty. Um, easily just because of the way games are releasing let's be real um it's been an issue that lots of people have mentioned recently in media that the 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 way games are releasing is just unacceptable and i mean they they, they're requiring more and more updates or you know updates to even drop the graphic um I guess capability. So, because not everyone has a supercomputer, not everyone mm-hmm. has, you know, the the Series X. Some of some people have the Series S. So, mm-hmm. they they have to tailor the experience to cater to everyone. And I I, I think the uh, the Steam Deck honestly benefits from that. I think so too. I think mostly because of the number of titles that are available on Steam, especially because of the robustness of those titles that don't require as much oomph to actually run, mm-hmm. whether they are your re-releases of classic titles like your old JRPGs or even some of your AAA titles that released um, maybe like five to ten years ago. Yeah. You know, those titles that actually still hold up in story and quality and, and hell, even some of them that have some robust multiplayer experiences still. Yeah. You know, I go back to Titanfall 2, for example, with all the fixes that just went in behind the scenes. And that works on the Steam Deck, Steam Deck just fine. So it's mm-hmm. one of those things where it's like you're not without content. And there's no reason to push that handheld any further to be able to, I guess, meet the needs of this, this small fraction of the market who's like, we need a Steam Deck 2. We need to know more. We need to know like when the next one's coming out because we need more power in this thing. It's like, you really don't. If you do, you've got other options. But if you're going to continue to use the Steam Deck and complain about it, it's like, well, you've already bought the device. If you're so concerned about it, then, you know, then sell it and go buy something else or deal with it, stick with it, and enjoy the experience you get. Right. And like I said, even with some of the back-end stuff, uh, with like Epic Game Store, good old games, um, and just old Windows games or DOS games, it's becoming easier and easier to run them on the Steam Deck because of recent updates. So, I mean, I it's it's hard to have an expectation that's that high <laughs> that they're they're just gonna release something brand new or even updated when, like I said, once again, it, it's been so successful and. They, they have no reason, like you said, to to push the boundary when everything that's coming out works just fine running on it. Absolutely. Yeah. That, that's the key part. But, I mean, when one comes down the line, when the, <laughs> when the announcement comes there, I mean, we'll talk about it. We'll see what's going to be truly different about this thing. But I think the Steam Deck's still very capable. I know you're still happy with your purchase. And, oh, yeah, definitely. And plenty of others are, too. So... I guess to those who really want something different, go go out and look at something different. You know, there are other options out there. The Steam Deck ain't the only one. There are, but, you know, I, I don't think you'll have as good of an experience, and that's just coming from, you know, a firsthand player of the Steam Deck. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I really like the setup. I like the fact that everything just runs the way it should. Mm-hmm. And no necessarily... Especially with Proton, it's not entirely necessary to tweak the games. Yeah. Yeah. I think so, too. I, I think, man, just some people. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why people act like that sometimes, but whatever. I know it's not big, like, end-of-the-world drive out there, but there's always that small percentage of people that just... It's like the it's like the console elitists and the or, or console versus, like, PC Master Race stuff, and mm-hmm. I just, oh, just enjoy what you have. Unless your computer's old like mine, it needs to be rebuilt. Uh, yeah, that's, <laughs> that'll happen at the end of the year. 
yeah. So uh, let's talk this next one here, though, because this this caused a lot of chaos last week, and of course we didn't have a, a release this last week, but we got it now. Um, talking about Unity, oh, of course, because Unity decided to go ahead and release a change to their licensing terms for going into 2024 that they were going to start charging way more for the use of their engine for even those who were not meeting the thresholds of the original um, terms and conditions. So Unity has gone ahead and walked back some of the changes that they were going to be making. Um, But it seems like there's still going to be some things going on there. So... uh, so here's what's going on. Uh, according to this article from Kentucky, you have to forgive me. Again, we're kind of treating this a little informally here. Um, so it was the fee itself that was so controversial and caused an entire uproar in the gaming development community. Uh, it was basically calculated using game installs after a game crosses a certain revenue and installation threshold. That's per Kotaku. Um, continuing on here from what they said at the time, unity said the runtime fee would be applied retroactively to games that meet the revenue and install thresholds, but those plans have changed. So retroactively in the sense is that they're going to be looking back at previous releases and basically bundle those into the new changes, which means that if you've been developing on unity for the five years, for example, prior to the change in 2024, then that means your development and release of games in that five year period would be retroactively counted into what you would owe Unity. So it's it feels almost like when you go to the ER and you get treated by the the staff there, you know, you do all the things, but then you get bills from like six other, like you get bills from six places by the time everything's said and done. Mm-hmm. You get a bill from the hospital, a bill from the, do- the doctor they contracted with, a bill from radiology, a bill from the lab team. It, it's like... It's all these things where you expect everything to be nice and bundled and understood, but then you get hit by all these other things, and that's at least how it feels to me. But of course, this this drove everybody mad in the community to the point like uh, the developers of Cult of the Lamb were actually ready to, they were joking about this, but they were going to pull the game on January 1st from any platform that they were selling it on. Uh, We've had uh, the... Uh, development team behind Terraria who actually said they were going to be starting up a fund to be able to help pay for indie devs to migrate their games to different engines, yeah, which 10, is pretty slick. per in- indie team. Yeah, exactly, which is pretty slick. Yeah. Uh, and, and you still had plenty of others that stood up and were like, this is unacceptable. And you've got a lot of people who developed in Unity who are like, well, I don't know what's going to happen here anymore now. I'm going to go and start having to learn this new engine and move my game over to it because I don't know what's going to happen. Um, at that time, of course, though, two Epic games seized on this with um, Unreal Engine. And a lot of the posts coming out at that time, Kyle, I'm sure, I don't know if I sent you any, but uh, X slash Twitter was full of these posts from Epic about, you know, here's the, the top five things to get started in Unreal you know, it was like right after the announcement came out, they just, they took that head on. Um, but anyway, yeah, so they they caused all this uproar, they caused all this this chaos, Unity did, and they've now gone ahead and uh, walked everything, or at least most of these things back. So here's what's uh, changing. Uh, so again, this is according to Kotaku, of course, appreciate them with their summarizing. Uh, Unity confirmed its personal plan will remain free. It also said that it now has no plans to uh, charge the controversial runtime fee on games built with Unity Personal. It uh, it is also increasing how much revenue devs can make on games made using the free version of the engine. Old limit was $100,000, and the new limit is now $200,000. Let's see. This this stuff was published. Let's see. What is the name of the uh, president of Unity here? Mark Witten. Uh, he went on to provide some additional details saying that they're removing the requirement to have the made with unity splash screen appear when players boot up the game. Uh, they also said that no game with less than 1 million in trailing 12 month revenue will be subject to the runtime fee. And then it says the fee will only apply to software developed using the next LTS version of unity, which ships in 2024. So, excuse me. Um, that means that any games that are working under the existing version of uh, Unity, 
prior to this next release are bound to the terms of service, terms and conditions that were set for that version of Unity, which is a pretty decent thing. Uh, it just says that it's not... The only things that seem to be not going away, though, here, Kyle, are uh, they're not going to be removing the runtime fee or reversing the plans completely on it, and that... Um, Apparently, there's going to be a choice for developers, though, on that fee itself. Uh, they're going to give a choice of either a 2.5%. Um, let's see, where is it? I just lost it. The freaking page here just refreshed on me for some weird reason. Stop it. I'm literally trying to read this. Um, a 2.5% revenue share or the calculated amount based on the number of new people engaging with your game each month. Uh, both these numbers are self-reported from data developers, uh, already have access to students and all be billed for the lesser amount. Okay. And then, yeah, I mean, after that, it's, yeah, it, it's basically just been a lot of comments out there about, you know, from the devs after this, that they're all cautiously optimistic. Yeah. But I mean, do you like, you've got enough people who have already jumped ship basically or have made it clear i mean hell one of the other things that happened too that i didn't make mention of as a part of the protesting against unity for all these things is that unity is responsible actually for in-game ads mm -hmm. so if anybody here who's listening has ever um seen an ad while playing a game that has you basically able to interact with another game in that advertisement like it'll show you a bit of what the game is and then it lets you actually interact and play the game there. That's actually a Unity-based advertisement. That That's built mm. specifically so that way you can interact instead of just watching a video or seeing an image come up. Um, it's built specifically so you can engage and try out the game without downloading it and only get to a point. But, yeah. So it's it's one of those things that they had some control over at least like these devs and they shut down the ability to serve those ads in their games. Yeah. Can you imagine doing that? Like, can you imagine like having that kind of power, like to just say, like if you're not even using unity, but you have unity ads just to say, screw you, I'm going to shut off the ability for you to make for unity to make ad revenue. I think it's, it's hilarious. Um, it, I don't know. It kind of harkens back. I, I'm trying to remember what game it was that had, uh, targeted advertising on the billboards. Um, shoot, I want to say it. It might have been. Um, what was the the one where you had the virus and you could transform your arms into weapons? Prototype. Yes, prototype. Yeah, I want to say prototype had targeted advertising on billboards that um, for I think the first year um, it changed. And that was actually the final year Game Crazy was open. And Game oh. Crazy paid for a spot in the game. Oh, yeah. And then there was, uh, what was it? There was UFC yeah. that did that too. Like EA's UFC game a couple of years ago had that. And none of the reviewers had seen it when they were doing their own review stuff. And then as soon as the game dropped, this, this ad stuff came in. Like people were seeing like drops for Amazon's The Boys. Yeah, up on there, which was a big deal. I think that's deal. the most like egregious attempt so far. It is like actually putting like straight up advertisements within your game. Well, we um, we talked about it if, like last year that there's a company out there right now. I think we might have done it with Open Critic, mm -hmm. uh, but there's a um, advertising company out there who's working to develop game in-game ads like or some sort of in-game ad engine that you just build into your existing one like it has some sort of compatibility with like epic's unreal engine and unity and uh i know there's other free ones that are out there too but yeah i mean what i mean at the end of it kyle you know it's yeah i, I kind of went off a little bit there no, with all that stuff good. with with the, the but mostly i was just trying to say is that it's like at the end of it unity kind of got hit by that though too but everybody's uh, they, cautiously optimistic i don't know they they kind of got what they deserved dropping the bomb on on people like this there was no uh warning that it could happen there was no talk to the the people that you know had already paid for for the licensing for unity games um you know 
there was there wasn't even a heads up. So uh, I I feel like the flack that Unity has gotten from all of this is totally justifiable. I agree. I think so too. I would um like I would be that way. Like I'm a gamer, but I'm not a game dev. Yeah. But I I you know it's like I get it. I mean, it, especially being a if you were a dev and you using Unity engine waking up in the morning and finding out from Twitter that, you know, you before you even make it into work that, hey, Unity's going to be doing this because they just posted it all over X or Twitter or whatever. Yeah. Like, I I think my heart would sink. I'd be like, are, are, <laughs> are we seriously going to continue using this engine or should we just dump it and rewrite the code? This could totally destroy, like, indie company after indie company. <laughs> I heard that too. I was like, I thought, sorry, uh, my cats are scratching at the door here to try to get in. And I thought for a second, I don't know why the sound in my head, it, it sounded like the, uh, it sounded like the king of all cosmos from Katamari, uh, <laughs> talking like did. when you're in the transition phase, like when you're about to start a level and he's like transporting you to earth or whatever he says. Um, that's what it sounded like, like the record scratching. And I thought for a second it was Kyle's phone going off like a text message tone or something. Oh, there. Wow. And I thought that, well, because then you were also playing that uh, that Jet Grind Radio um, game, too, recently, the uh, the the spiritual successor to it. Oh, yeah. Uh, was it uh, Bumpunk bump uh, or Bumpunk bump Cyberfunk? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm gonna, I haven't gotten too far into it. I'm going to let them Yeah, they, they they shouldn't. I don't I don't believe so anyway. Hello cat. What's up cat? All right. Oh god. Tigger, if you want in, come on. It's okay. Nobody's going to hurt you. Oh my god. Hello. Yeah, he doesn't know what he's doing anyway. He might be a jerk and jump up over here where all the recording stuff is at, but I guess we'll see how that goes. He's if there if there's any cat in my house that's an absolute dick, it's it's him. Yeah. Isn't that right? Yes, he is. This is the one, like, when we're normally recording and stuff, and I have to, like, stop for a second. Mm -hmm. You know, again, uh, it's it's usually him because he's the one who gets up on everything. Like, I'm actually worried that one of these days, because, the like, we're in a temporary uh, bedroom situation right now. Right. And I'm worried about him jumping up where my Gundam models are at. And knocking those over like he hasn't done that yet. And he hasn't jumped up to where I have any of the Transformers or Power Rangers stuff up yet either. But I'm waiting for that moment that I'm sleeping and middle of the night. He decides to be the way he normally is. And he jumps up there and starts breaking my really, you know, cool stuff. Yeah, I I can't keep him under control, though. I mean, he's a good cat. Don't get me wrong, but he's also a giant dick. (laughs) 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 So now he's here entertaining us while we record. Um all right, let's talk about these other couple things here, of course. And it's always bad news with this, too, is uh, Crystal Dynamics and Epic have both been hit by layoffs, Kyle. Man. Uh, yeah, so Crystal Dynamics has done a round of layoffs. Um, of course, Crystal Dynamics was originally owned by Square Enix and was recently purchased by uh, Embracer Group. Mm-hmm. Well, unfortunately, Embracer Group had a $2 billion deal fall through, I believe, with the Saudi government. Um, And, yeah, they don't have enough capital to keep things going. So they've actually been shuttering studios, and they've been having studios let people go. And, unfortunately, uh, Crystal Dynamics got hit by this, too, which apparently it was only 10 employees they said they got rid of. It was nine brand and marketing employees and one IT employee, which... It doesn't matter. I mean, a layoff is still crappy in any way you yeah, look at no. it. No, I mean, regardless, you know, if if they were longtime employees or dead weight or whatever, um, a layoff has to be viewed as a layoff, and it, it it's it's crappy that that it, that it's happening. And you know, I have to call it out because it's been bugging me all week since I don't know who said it. Um, I want to say it was actually Capcom that said it, that games cost too less or too little 
that games need to cost more because of the development and because of the amount of of people that need to be hired to to complete the games and yet granted it is an IT person or whatever and uh just some marketing people that that got laid off but just the same it, it's the fact that companies are laying people off and they're saying that games need to cost more yeah i mean we we are in that phase right now where we are seeing the change in the market where your standard AAA game release is going to start costing 69.99 not everything has done that yet but quite a few have um and it isn't wrong that development is actually growing exponentially in cost. I mean, we saw a bunch of numbers released with the uh, Microsoft Activision Blizzard acquisition mm-hmm. cases, like with the FCC, you know, stuff that leaked out on how much it costs to make things like Last of Us Part Two, right. some of these other things. Um, but even though, with that said, you still get all of these game companies who tout how much money they've got, like in the bank. Mm-hmm. You know, and obviously they with interest rates going up and other things happening, they've got to keep some of that money in their pocket. But it does suck to see people get laid off when all these companies are going touting how much money they've actually got in the bank. It's like you could easily pay people here to do this. It's it just doesn't make sense to me. And it's the same with Epic, because well, we talked about Crystal Dynamics there. Well, Epic and before you move on to the Epic, yeah, real yeah, quick, go ahead. Um, one of the things I was gonna say about Crystal Dynamics is uh, do do they st- they still own the Tomb Raider series, correct? Yep. Because they, they've got the remaster sp- supposedly coming out. Do they not have a team of people working, you know, on, on that game? That or, or is it costing so much to produce this one remake of three titles or four titles that... Three of them. Oh, three of them. Three titles that they already still have the code for, mind you. Um that they're they're laying off people. Yeah, I wonder if they contracted that stuff out though, because there are companies who will work on it is possible uh, remakes and remasters without it being the core company itself that has right. the 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 license. Um, but yeah, I I don't know what that's going to impact you know down the line either. But I I don't know. I mean, the people who were impacted weren't devs necessarily; it was marketing and IT. Mm-hmm. But any any loss is still a loss. But whereas Epic, on the other hand, it was 830 people who were let go, uh, which according to that, though, you know, that's at least from the way The Verge is reporting here, it's that's about 16 percent of their workforce. Oof. And I wonder, let me see here. Does it even say? It doesn't even say exactly like where they are all from. Like, it doesn't say like, you know, they laid off these people from this group or or right. this or whatever, but apparently it actually affected um, it affected some other things, though, too. Like, apparently um, the uh, Epic Games had purchased uh, Bandcamp, mm-hmm. which is a music, another music thing, similar to, like, uh, uh, SoundCloud. Right. Yeah. SoundCloud, right? Yeah, SoundCloud. Um, they purchased something like that. Now they're, now they're trying to sell that. And then um, they are... Uh, what is it? Apparently, a lot of the layoffs that actually got hit were for the devs for Fall Guys. Oh wow! Who make who is it themselves that actually makes Fall Guys? I know it's not Mediatonic. Epic publishes. Yes, that's it. Mediatonic got hit, I think, the hardest with it. But Epic was like, "We stand behind Fall Guys. It's still going to be supported. It's still going to have you all know, these things." And it, it's funny because it with Epic specifically, I've seen the meme like three times. It's about you know the how. Fortnite is the one that's above the water and, you know, is flourishing. And then they've got something just below it. And then the, uh, the, the forgotten deep sea diver at the bottom of the ocean that's a skeleton inside his, his suit is Fall Guys. Because it's just like they supported it for, you know, uh, maybe a year and a half after it, it, it came out. And they still kind of supported it after that. And then it became free to play. And now it's a friggin' mess, honestly. And it, it's hard to earn anything. It's it's fun to play. I think the pool of people for a short time was larger. 
Yeah. Um, but now there's a lot of people that are just cheaters on there, and Epic has done nothing to to make make the game more sustainable. I mean, they've added one or two new levels, or you know, mix up of levels in you know eight months. How how do, does that make the game sustainable? I don't know. Yeah. That's that's a really good question. I don't know how. Um, but they one of the things that Tim Sweeney had actually even said, and it came out in a tweet somewhere that I saw or in a, an X post. I really don't know what the hell to call those things. Um, that uh, And he made it clear, developing for Fortnite apparently is very expensive. Mm-hmm. It's like that's the bread and butter right now for Epic because is Epic really doing anything else besides Fortnite and... Uh, the engine itself like I don't consider the epic games store to be like this big thing for them to to hold up well and I, but, I see that being a very broad statement you know fortnite is expensive well of course it is you yeah. pay for you know this cameo that cameo and that cameo all of a sudden you're paying for you know two thirty thousand and a hundred and twenty thousand dollar cameo like how much does it cost to work with Lucasfilm and Disney to license out uh, Star Wars characters. How much does it cost for uh, mm-hmm. to work with um, uh, Toei, or is it Toei or whoever it is that owns the license for like uh, Dragon Ball characters? Like basically, I know like it's all show and jump stuff that I think of when it right. comes to like Naruto and Dragon Ball and that. But those are characters that are in there. Um, you've got the Marvel superheroes, which goes back to Disney. Is those licensing costs, dude? That that's got to be the big thing. Um, yeah. I, I don't know though, but the fact though that Fall Guys got hit as hard as it did, and I gotta say it's even weirder to to see this. Have you been out to Spirit Halloween yet? No, I haven't. There are so many Fall Guys costumes. Really? Yeah, they're the blow up ones, like the one. It's, that is really bizarre because. You know, if if they would have had Fall Gate Fall Guys costumes two years <laughs> fall ago, Fall Gaze, yeah, Fall Gaze, <laughs> Fall God. Guys costumes two years ago, there would have been a ton of people pl- uh, going as Fall Guys. When did well, when did Fall Guys release? Uh, it's only been about two and a half years. That's what I, I thought. Think. It's been a little. Yeah. Wh- I know it had been a little while, maybe but- three. But regardless, I mean, it it, it was. Paid a, or it was paid for your copy up for I, I believe a year and a half. Yeah, and then they went and, the free to play model. They went to yeah, free free to play model. Yes, yeah, sir. which yeah, but again, it's just there are so many of them, and they're all blow up mm-hmm. costumes. Like I don't see any Among Us costumes anymore. That is strange. But yeah, it's it's just out of nowhere. Fall Guys costumes, and it's it's like I think the kids have more of them. There are some in the adult section, but it's not just your default skin either. It's all like it's different like skins and none of the themed ones that go with like a licensed character or anything. And, you know, maybe that just speaks to, you know, (coughs) the fact that spirit Halloween is kind of out of touch with reality, but I I don't know. Maybe there's more to it that I'm not seeing. Well, just remember how crazy the, the, the depart or not department stores, but the, the major brick and mortar stores like Walmart and target. And that went crazy for ordering, uh, fidget spinners and all of that oh, and yeah. just when all those came in everything kind of fell off yeah with those or even all the poppet stuff you see nowadays still too jesus christ um anyway uh but not getting too far off in the weeds anymore there but now yeah so these layoffs of course are obviously very impactful and it, this is not going to be the last of them but to see 16 percent of epic games impacted i mean it's just it's a shame and there have been calls out there to get help for those who have been affected by the layoffs, at least like trying to work to get them put into new positions somewhere else, new jobs. And I do see, um, <coughs> excuse me. I do see indie devs putting out a uh, request or uh, heads up and such saying, Hey, we are hiring, you know, for these different things. So if you find yourself stuck, you know, hop on here and uh, we'll get you sorted out. Uh, man. Well, and it just makes me think of, you know what happened to the people over at Volition? Uh, with I, I was I saw tweets. What and I'm just gonna keep calling them tweets for now, because uh, I don't care anymore. That's fine with me. Yeah. Um, I, Elon I, can suck it. It's fine. Right. Um, I I saw tweets 
uh, about the volition from volition, you know, the 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 heads of staff, the CEO or whatever. Yeah. And then it was like literally 2 hours later, employees that were blindsided blindsided completely and and said, you know, hey, I worked at you know, but now I do you know anyone that's in need of a graphic designer that's in need of a of a level design programmer or, you know, just random stuff that you would see pop up on there. And it's like, wow, the, these guys had no clue. They didn't even have an inkling. And Jesus. I'm wondering if this is something as extreme as what happened to Volition and as something as minor as what's happening to. I, I guess, uh, who, who was the, the, the first one that we said? It was uh, Crystal, Crystal Dynamics. Dynamics. Yeah. Um, if it's any precursor to what, what is going to happen in the next five years, oh, man, I think we should start worrying. I mean, potentially. Man, what are you doing, Cat? Get out of there. What are you? Really? You don't need to be messing with stuff over there. I will kick your butt out of this room if I have to. Freaking cat. Yeah, it's you're right. We're going to be seeing more of this happening. Um, I mean, we're still not through all of the the layoffs and such, the post-pandemic layoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we see them at all. We saw them all at the big tech uh, companies in that, but of course now we're seeing you know we're seeing more of the gaming companies get hit, and it's going to keep going. Uh, as long as it doesn't hit us, I don't care. Right. Well, I care, but in the sense it's like, I, you know, it's it's not trying to downplay any of it, but it's just like, don't let it happen to us. Yeah. Man. No doubt. Um, well, let's stop talking about sad stuff here, Kyle, because we need to talk about this. This is our last main story I've got in the actual list for us for the week, but um, this is a big one. At least it, it makes me happy. Um, what it? I want to talk about it, but the cat is... What is he playing with? What can you see from over there? Um, Looks like a lid or something. Like a lid to a tube or something. Well, I see like an Altoids can sitting underneath him. But I... What are you... Oh, my God. What are you doing, cat? Get out of there. Get... Oh, I see a... Yeah, there. Go. Get out of here. Kicking him out. Closing this door. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, anyway. Again, the informal stuff. Keeps us on our toes. Yes. Especially while you fall asleep in that chair. Right. I'm going to get a Nerf gun <laughs> and start shooting at you while Oh, you noticed that chair. a couple times. Huh? Oh, it's, <laughs> Kyle, come on. Yeah, I can't help it. I It's been a long day. <laughs> I'm, I'm a, I know, I understand. I'm a yeah. dad. I can catch on to some of that stuff, especially with my kids. Are you tired? <laughs> you okay over there? No, I'm not tired. <laughs> like, pass out like two minutes later. Um, no, I, I'm excited about this next one because I've already been playing. Uh, Counter-Strike 2 is finally out, Kyle. I know, and I I've gotten to watch what uh, part of one match with you, um, well of, of you playing. Um, God, I I need to try it out. I it's, haven't had the opportunity yet, but I I really needed to try it out. Yeah, the volumetric smokes, the um the um the Molotovs and uh, fire grenades that actually can spread out. You know, like they. That's way cool. It's, yeah, it's been really cool. And then, of course, uh, some of the changes to the maps as well has been neat. They are like they are welcome modifications to, in the sense that it doesn't feel like they're they're completely redoing the maps, but they're enough to give it like a fresh coat of paint, so to speak. Right. Um, but yeah, so Counter-Strike 2 is out. That dropped on Wednesday. Of course, it's been teased by Valve on the official Counter-Strike um uh, Twitter and man, it's been a long time coming finally to see this though. But, uh, the game itself actually came as a update to counter-strike go. So CSGO is officially gone. You can't play it anymore. You can't load up anything on it. You just, you, it's gone. It's done. Um, it, it, they pulled a, a blizzard on this one like they did with overwatch two. Mm hmm. And yeah, so it's gone now and it's been replaced by this new version. Um, and it's kind of, again, I, I use Overwatch 2 as the example because that's the best thing I got in my mind right now is that it, um, all the skins that you had for your weapons transferred over, 
um, any of the um, sound effects you might have had for like you know the MVP music and mm-hmm. and that uh, carryover. Um, um, the only thing I noticed that didn't carry over was my cross uh, my my crosshair setting, so I had to go and fix Uh-oh. that. I had to go remember how it was set up. So <laughs> screw me, I guess, but whatever. Um, but the big things they really changed, besides, of course, it being the the graphical enhancements using the Source Two engine, and of course the the updates to the maps in the sense of cleaning things up. Um, they change it now so that way instead of unlocking a random skin or a case or whatever at the end of a week or, or at, or at uh, when you complete your, uh, um, oh, what is it? Getting your XP all built up. Um, now when you get your XP built up in a week, uh, you will now be able to, um, pick two of four items that actually come up. It'll be like, like on mine, you saw, I think it was like a spray, two skins and a case. Right. Yeah. <coughs> if they start dropping keys, though, that would be so nice. But I don't expect that. The, to happen. the, the thing that I had a question about, though, it, it looked like it was it, it was all common items. But is there the potential you could get a rare if you pick the case, or how how does that work? Or do you have to eventually work up to being able to get some like rare and epic or well, that's the you thing know, is legendary they, equipment. I haven't actually seen anything said on it yet. I haven't. Mm-hmm. I've been trying to watch people play Counter Strike on, you know, either watching live streams on YouTube or stuff on Twitch. I don't know. Right. I I, I must either miss it or or um, just I'm not paying attention enough to not see it or something. I don't know, honestly. Hmm. I imagine that the cases will still follow the same drop rates they already do. Right. But I don't know about like if you'll get an actual like high tier skin to to pick from right off the bat. That's fair. Yeah. Um, they did change the loadout, though, uh, setups that way. There's no loadout wheel anymore. Uh, everything's laid out on just like when you go to buy weapons, it's just one big screen of everything. Oh, weird. And it's a little weird. It's, it's got more of a vibe to, uh, Valorant's weapon, uh, selection layout, but it, it's not too bad. It's still, I believe it still binds the same way. So if you're one of those pro CSGO players who, could just like hit all the the hot keys to get all your weapons. Yeah. I think it's the exact same key set. It's just for like the people who don't do that, like yours truly. It's just all laid out in one big thing. Uh, what else was there? I'm trying to think besides the graphical stuff. Oh, the funnier thing with this though mm-hmm. is that um, ESL. So this is the esports league. Very right. very big um, around the world for the stuff they do. Uh, their bigger game, of course, had been CSGO. Right. They were in the midst of a uh, a tournament uh, or hosting a tournament in Europe. And um, unfortunately, in the midst of hosting, the update was released for Counter-Strike. And there was a game that was going on and they had a, they had a break in between like going to the next map mm-hmm. and the update released. And oh, all man. of the computers had to be upgraded to Counter-Strike 2 for them to be able to actually continue playing. So you had, what was it? Uh, I think it's always 5v5 in the competitive stuff. So you had 10 workstations and then all their backup stuff that had to be upgraded before they could keep going. So, I mean, can you imagine? Like, can you imagine playing, like, a game and just out of nowhere it just updating right in the middle of something it's like a windows update almost like when windows updates appear just to like piss you off like yeah, i'm just gonna restart win- my machine <laughs> windows updates they, they pop up with would you like to restart your machine now or would you like to dismiss it for two and a half hours or whereas this is like mid tournament could could you imagine being mid-match and all of a sudden it's like being kicked from the game yeah apparently well so it didn't do anything like that fortunately well, but you what, said they were but, on break. Right, right. They were on break. So but what? still, regardless, what, I mean, right. could you imagine coming back from break and going, uh, guys, guys, <laughs> what the hell? What the but hell, what, guys? But what Valve actually did instead is that as they upgraded CSGO, or CSGO to CS2, mm-hmm. the CSGO servers all got shut down. So that means that if anybody was in CSGO, as long as they were on those servers, they would stay up. But once the games ended and they were being rotated out, they were disconnected. Oh wow! That was it. 
So that, regardless, if you know they were mid, if they were in a break in a match, if they would have ended the match, and it went to rotate maps, it would have been all over regardless. Yeah, it would have stopped right yeah, then and there because they basically like they wow. flipped the switch. Like someone, they, like they, literally, someone went and flipped the switch. Gabe Newell had Gabe Newell had his gravity gun sitting yeah. there and went over to the went over to the servers and used it to pull the one hard drive out of the one machine that said CSGO and put in the CS2 hard drive, and everything just flipped. You know, uh, Needless to say, though, it's I had some hitches the first day, mm-hmm. like the, and everybody was reporting problems, and there are still some problems right now. It's apparently a resource hog, um, oh, even really? more so than CSGO was, um, but some of that has changed. There's been, I think they... In a span of about 72 hours, I think they released four or five patches just to, just to fix things that had already been getting reported. It wasn't just gameplay stuff or uh, uh, gameplay stuff underneath that got fixed, but there were some weapon change things. Uh, they even had to fix like something with the bomb. The LED was actually like uh, f- the one that flashes on the bomb itself was actually reflecting underneath the the textures on the walls. So like where you have the wall like meeting the floor somewhere, mm-hmm. the light was actually reflecting through that part oh, where the wow. textures met up, where the actual um, the panels met up. Hmm. Um, but no, they released so many patches there in that short period of time, and I did see some improvement on things. Yeah, um, did a driver download from AMD, and that it had Counter Strike Two support right in it, so that was fine. Um, but yeah, I had hitches, and then there's still some problems with competitive. There's not enough people playing competitive right now, and so it's been long wait times to oh, get into competitive matches. I bet. Yeah. Uh, but even so, I mean, you you need to update. I mean, unless it's, your system's already done it. And then, yeah, I'm already up to date. I just need to hop in and actually try it out. I imagine I'll just get my ass kicked like usual, but, <laughs> you know, it'll just be with uh, prettier smoke and Did, nicer explosions. You bought CSGO, right? I did, right before the end, yeah. Okay, I'm just letting you know, though, that that Prime status, the one where um, if you bought CSGO... And it was prior to them going to the free-to-play model. Mm-hmm. That Prime status has carried over to CS2, which means you get the Prime lobbies, you get the um, you get those added like other bonuses that come with it. Oh, right. On. So that means at least then that when you go in and play, you're playing with people who actually enjoy playing the game instead of the people who hack and cheat and all that. Right. So it's definitely worth it. Thank God. Yeah, but again, just remember it's. It's definitely a resource hog now. And I know your machine will probably be just fine, but just be aware, though, that it might be a little interesting to play, at least for those first couple matches, as your system seems to, like, figure out what the hell's going on. Huh. Yeah. Well, that's fun. It is. <laughs> it is. I'm actually curious to know how it runs on the Steam Deck, so you're going to have to try that for me. Yeah, too. no. Um, I've heard it runs fantastic on the Steam Deck. After I saw that, I I felt like I I needed to try it out. I just haven't yet. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and don't forget, of course. Like I, I can't believe I forgot to mention this with the smoke grenades that you can actually shoot through them, and they, you know, you actually get little. Uh, you actually see the bullets like break apart the smoke, and then the smoke fills yeah. back in, and then you throw a grenade, and it it blows apart the smoke, and then the smoke, you know, comes yeah, back. I saw in. some it's, of that. That was way cool. There are some pretty neat strats that come with that too that I've seen. So, yeah, keep that one in mind. But anyway. Uh, so that's it for the normal news, at least our normal list. And we've got two quest markers here, uh, for the week. So, uh, Kyle, you're up at the, you're up at the plate here. It's time to start batting. So what do we got? Right on. So first up with our first quest marker of the day and it opened up wrong. There we go. Um, (laughs) someone gets Phil Spencer to sign a PS5 faceplate. So, head of Xbox, Phil Spencer, um, during the Tokyo Game Show at 2023, this year, actually just last week, if I'm not mistaken, um, someone got Phil Spencer to sign a PS5 faceplate. Um, Of course, caused a little bit of humor in the gaming community. of course, Jap- or the uh, Japanese audience has been kind of hesitant towards Xbox, 
but Microsoft's president presence at the uh, Tokyo Game Show kind of showed their commitment to uh, the Japanese audience as being a player-first platform. Um, but the the whole thing happened with uh, a fan um, basically bringing a uh, uh, PS5 faceplate to the Xbox showcase. Um, and Um. Yeah, it says right here that uh, yeah, apparently at yeah. Tokyo Game Show 2023, there it is. A fan asked, so it wasn't just Phil Spencer, but it was also the vice president of Xbox. So basically, a direct report just underneath Phil uh, to sign the the faceplate. And so apparently, Phil Spencer went on and said, "Is it okay to, to sign, sign this?" this? Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine, like, and then uh, follow oh following God. the uh, autograph, uh, Genki uh, Tokyo Game Show actually posted a picture of Phil Spencer with the fan holding the faceplate for the PS5. It's funny, like, yeah, it's- and he's just got this silly grin on his face. It, it's it's great. Of course, Phil Spencer is known to be a great sport with video games. He is. A, a, huge Nintendo and PlayStation fan above being a Microsoft fan. So, great on him for having such a good sense of humor. No kidding. That's so yeah. funny. That, that's, that's just awesome. I love the Yeah. And then now on for a little bit of uh, more sombering news. Um... Yes, nobody died. Just, yeah, just no, did I make no, no one died. died. No Somber one died. In the just, sense of just industry related stuff. It's <laughs> just a major change in the industry. Um, yeah. So, PlayStation boss Jim Ryan is set to retire next spring. Um, Jim Ryan, who has been the president and CEO of Sony Interactive Entertainment uh, (SIE) since 2019, is now going to be retiring in March 2024. Um, currently, um, I want to say it was the corporate president and CFO, um, will actually be heading the position to support Jim Ryan as he exits the position. Uh, the transition will actually be effective as I scroll down the article. I want to say it's actually like, oh, oh, shoot. I want to say it's like October 2nd or October 12th. But Jim Ryan will be, of course, around to, to help with the transition. Um, and with the uh, takeover of the uh, new management, uh, per se. So, uh, he will be missed crying aside of, you know, not getting Starfield. <laughs> I mean, like, even with all the crap that we've seen in the uh, Activision Blizzard Microsoft stuff right now and all the things that Jim Ryan has said. I mean, the guy has a pretty big legacy over at um, PlayStation anyway because he's been there since the release of the PlayStation 1. Yeah, 30 you know? years he, yeah. he's actually been with he's, the company. He's been there, yeah, the whole time. Yeah. And it's just, it's, you know, it is a long-running career. It, it's not like he was put into the CEO of, of SIE, you know, as... Um, you know, someone from the outside. He's been in the games industry long enough to know how these things work and run. And yeah, he got the chance to head up that actual company, that end of Sony. And, you know, things have turned out pretty well. There are some questionable things, I think, that we can probably agree on. Like, of course, like the PlayStation Portal, for example, is one. Obviously, he had to sign off on that. Yeah. You know, um, the, the death of the PS Vita, for example, and why we don't have a proper handheld. Yeah, and I, I, I do question a lot of the the uh, business decisions in, in Sony's legacy or, you know, even since his takeover, uh, there are things he could have done to, you know, prevent the, the total loss of, of things like the Vita or the Vita being a total loss, I should say, because um, now you can just get onto a website from from the Vita itself and hack it did just by running a program off of the website. So, I mean, Sony Sony could have continued to support it. Um, they could have, you know, been 
more forthcoming to customers and you know they, they could have done a few things differently but he has been a very su successful president and with, with his uh, retiring um of course i know everyone in the industry wishes him the best and hopefully he he enjoys it because I, I, it's well-deserved at this point. The last thing I'll say on it is that there are bets going right now in the community that he's going to end up over at the UK CMA. The ones who are currently like, who are the ones who are causing a problem for the, for the I Xbox. I could see that. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> People are choking about that right now. Imagine we see that and like, like next summer we see that Jim Ryan is now an advisor at UK CMA. Yeah, like, three and a half months later. Uh, CMA to sue Blizzard, Activision, Microsoft over uh, some sort of monopolizing deal, you know, or how how their deal monopolized the industry. Based on the information from advisor Jim Ryan, it's like yeah, it's like oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but with that potential for happening, of course, I mean. That I don't is know if it's going to turn out, but that's it. Yeah, that's it for the uh, quest markers. Yeah, so I think that is actually it for the news as well. I think. I mean, again, it's kind of informal here on this one. So yeah, that is that is it for the news for the week of. Uh, let's see. Oh, I have the date here. Where's that date? Uh, week of September thirtieth, twenty twenty three. We are literally now officially into spooky month. Yeah. So uh, spooky season. Um, but with that, of course, yeah, thank you for listening, of course. And if you do like listening to us, be sure to go follow us on your favorite podcast platform, uh, be it Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Uh, not Google Podcasts because that's going away. So maybe go look for us on YouTube uh, Podcasts or whatever they're calling that one now or any of the other podcast platforms there. But if you're not sure which one, you can always go check us out on anchor.fm slash the-mpcs-podcast. That's our homepage. It has links to all the different platforms we're on, or you can even listen to us there. It's up to you. With that, we'll catch you all next week. Thanks all. Laters.